Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, hosted by Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer of Creelan.com. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, embraced their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer. Today, I welcome Dr. Natalie Forrest to the show. Uh, Before I bring her on the line, I just want to tell you a little bit more about her. Natalie, America's leading expert in personal performance, is founder of Success Revolutions and Revolutionize Your Potential, a series of educational trainings for individuals and corporations across the globe. Natalie engages leaders, corporate teams, and entrepreneurs to identify consistencies for their success. Her engaging methods and techniques increase productivity, teamwork, and retention, resulting in higher profitability, authentic fulfillment, and less stress. And who doesn't need more of that, right? Come on now. So welcome, (laughs) Natalie, to the show. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. And, yeah, who needs less stress? Who needs that? Exactly. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, You know, I forgot to ask you. I usually ask people pre-show, and I, we talked a little bit. You're on the East Coast. So are you um, in Washington, D.C., or? I'm actually in Baltimore. I used to live in Washington, D.C., okay. and I just, you know, kept my phone number. So, yeah. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, we were talking about the caller ID before <laughs> the show, but I like to tell my, uh, my audience where people are connecting from. So, Oh, uh, I just think that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all over the world, right? We are. Yes, I know. I just did my first interview with someone from France um, a few weeks Ooh. ago, so that was lovely. Cool, cool, very cool. Yes. Anyway, so Natalie, tell us more about you and how you've learned to get out of your own damn way. I don't know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> and every now and then, I just want to be up frank. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I still get in my own way. So I, I think uh-huh. you know, it's 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 a constant, it's a constant get out of your own way situation. And the reason why I say that is because for me, I think my social conditioned mind and what I think other people expect of me, that is like the worst thing ever. So uh-huh. the way that I got out of that. And, you know, it comes back from time to time. It's really just by saying, I'm not sure if I can say that on the air, but uh, it's not that bad. Um, I just said, screw it. I don't care. Say it. Say it loud and loud. Come on now. (laughs) Well, you see, it all happened, you know, uh, I'm married for the second time now. And really, my first marriage, I followed all of the rules. I tried to save everything. I got sick from it. I mean, I could barely move at times. That's how sick I got. And that doesn't mean he was a bad guy. Uh, it just didn't work out. And so when I finally said, screw it, and I really listened to my inner self, that's when I broke through. And I, I think that is really crucial, the fact that we need to just break through. And I need to say that I know a lot of people, you know, get out of marriages, uh, bad marriages, good marriages, for good reasons. Uh, with me, the added piece really was that I was in a country that was not my home country. I had no family over here because I'm originally from Germany. And I just decided that this was it. And it was like, you know, one of those epiphany moments, you know. But I just decided uh-huh. this is it. 
I found a place. I really had just gotten uh, a different kind of job, so I wasn't sure how to play, pay for the place, how to pay for my car, how to pay for uh, my pets because I have cats. So it was like, oh, my God, and it, you're, you're calling yourself a fear whisperer. So for a long time, that fear kept being in my head. I need to stay in this marriage. It's going to work out. I can't pay for anything. And when I finally said, just screw it, and I moved out, I found my place, all of it came together. It was like, mm. you know, uh, I don't know, breaking the chains off of all of that social condition of what you should and shouldn't do. And by the time that I was up there, I don't know where the money came from. Uh, you know, I wasn't hustling <laughs> or anything. I had my job, but all of a sudden I was able to pay for everything without problems. And whenever I was worried about it, the money was there. And it wasn't like somebody gave it to me. It was just like it was there, and, and I was able to do it. So I think that was the biggest piece about getting out of my own way, listening and trusting that things will work out because this felt right. I love it. And I totally have the same experience with money that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I used to be one of those, and I'm not saying not to do this, people, so don't, don't quote me on this, but for me it works. So I used to be one of those people who I would, like, keep track of every single penny. I would budget my, you know, my money. I would have, like, mm-hmm. this big fancy budget i you know kept tra- track of all of my transactions and my bank account i would balance my checkbook every month um and i was like struggling all the time um and you know this was a long time ago and then for some reason things just shifted for me and now i don't like i don't i not that i don't watch my money but i don't worry about it and it's just like yes. you said it's there so I'll be like, you know, I, I, like last week I was like looking at all, I did a little budget and I'm like, oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to trust. It's going to be fine. And, you know, like yeah. there's there's months where it's just like, you know, I have like, you know, thousands of dollars in unexpected expenses, but somehow right. it all gets paid. Like it's just, it's, yeah. you're right. And it's, it's wonderful. So I love that, that listening, um, that trusting piece is so important. And I wrote, as you were talking, I wrote the word faith because yeah. it is. It's like taking that leap of not knowing how it's going to turn out, but knowing that it has to. Absolutely. And, you know, on, on a similar or different note, I'm not sure how to say that, what you just mentioned I think is really crucial. Yes, we do need to keep in mind our budget and not overspend and all of that. But there's something about uh, an attitude of lack, you know. And so when you said, you know, you you kept track, that's great. You know, keeping a budget is great. But then if you start checking it too often, then you worry. And that means you're actually existing in in an atmosphere of lack because you're always worried that it's not there. Now, on the other hand, what what you now do and what I do, I mean, I have somebody else look at the money most of the time because – it convolutes what I'm doing, you know, my creativity. But still, you want to keep track. You want to know how much is in the bank, how much not. But I don't check every day. You know, I, I yeah. check when I know I have to <laughs> check. When Faith you know, comes in and says, hey, just, just double check that you can actually have this, you know. But mm-hmm. other than that, it's it's an approach of abundance. I know it's going to be there, you know, which is really, really cool. It is cool. And I, I, I love 
talking about this because it is. Mm-hmm. I, 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 like I said, I don't want to tell people don't like watch your money or do a budget, but it's, it's what's behind that. So if you're doing yeah. that because you're worried, you're right. You bring that energy to it, that lack energy. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, checking it and have, being aligned with that trusting that abundance energy is really the key. And, you know, I, uh, taking this from the money aspect to something else, it's the same. Everybody, or not everybody, but a lot of people talk about losing weight, right? And then they start a diet, and every day, two or three times, they step on the scale. And they're wondering, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, I didn't lose even like in whatever. It's like, of course you didn't. It takes time for your body. So don't weigh yourself, you know, every day. Weigh yourself, like, I don't know, every two weeks or something. Let the body do what it needs to do. But, again, it's that, you know, social conditioned mind. It has to work. It has to work. And the pressures of fitting in as well as, you know, here maybe not lack, but abundance, you know. But, I mean, it's the same kind of idea. We're putting so much pressure on ourselves, and then we end up feeling guilty, and we're getting really drastic at times with the measures that we take, either in finances or, you know, when it comes to weight and health issues. Right, and you can, like, filter that into all areas of life, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I mm-hmm. you know, I, again, wrote down my audience as I, like, keep meticulous, and or not meticulous, but certainly take notes because, like, <laughs> so much strikes me. And my, I don't know about you, but you're creative. So, like, my brain works mm-hmm. more than a mile a minute. So if I don't oh, write Lord. stuff down, it, like, passes me by. So you said, you know, the whole, like, it has to work, it has to work. That's mm-hmm. that frantic energy. But earlier you said it will work. So, you know, like, right. I talk a lot to my community about the language that we use. And yes. this is a perfect example. So so when you can shift that language, because when we are in that frenetic, um, frantic, you know, energy, mm-hmm. it's it's coming from a place of fear. Oh, my gosh. Look yeah. at me. I'm the fear yeah. whisperer talking about fear. So. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Um, but, you know, shifting it to it will work, you know, not it has yeah. to. And there's, they're, they are saying similar things, but the energy behind it is different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think the other thing with fear also uh, and this is how I'm, I'm changing it up a little bit. Fear means that you don't have faith on the one hand. But then the next question is, because not everybody's religious or, you know, has some kind of spiritual tendency, but if you just think about faith in yourself, and that's, uh-huh. which, which I call potential, right? So that's also, of course, you know, society tells us we should do ABC. But if we feel the internal drive to do G, then let's go with G. But what happens is that that fear, and I love the terminology, that that fear comes whispering in from time to time where, Mm -hmm. well, but you're not good enough. You shouldn't be doing this. But you're a woman or you're a child or you're coming from this kind of background. So the fear keeps being whispered to you almost on a daily basis just by being around in the real world. But it really ends up coming back to, do you believe in your own potential and in your own path? That's really the crucial aspect here that I, that I think we're getting at, whether then you connect it also to faith in, uh, in an entity and spirituality or religion is a different story, but how much faith do people have nowadays 
in themselves to blow away the fear. Because, you know, you can whisper it away yeah. or you can bust it away, you know. I I totally resonate with what you're saying. And I, um, I'm of the spiritual mind that faith in ourselves and faith in whatever practice we have is mm-hmm. all connected anyway. Um, yes. And so it's almost like if we don't have faith in ourselves, we're doing a disservice to the universe. So right. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I agree, because, I mean, we, we, we came here for a reason, you know, so something, someone has faith in us, so we might as well take it up. <laughs> right. We have we have yep. a, a, a duty. I was going to say obligation, yeah. but that word has some connotations. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, yeah. Let's not go there. That's like the word should. <laughs> it <laughs> is know, like, no, yeah, no. I noticed you using that. I was, very close. I was just... Um, uh, talking with my community about the word should earlier today, so I mm-hmm. I have that on the mind. I'm like, you know, I'm, I have a meter. I'm like, oh, she said that word, and I'm like tallying. Like, <laughs> I'm not. Really yeah, right exactly. But, but yeah, me too. It's, it's the words that we do say to ourselves. You know, we all say yeah. them, and um, but yeah. that if we can bring that consciousness to our language, um, and mm-hmm. I love your your tie-in with the potential piece because it's true. It is all ties into our confidence. And then also what you said earlier about really listening to your inner self. It's all, mm-hmm. all connected and it's, it's so important to, to kind of follow that path. You know, we're kind of weaving in a whole bunch of stuff here, but it's all so connected to really that faith piece, that faith in ourselves, in our potential, our, our confidence level, our, you know, trusting mm-hmm. ourselves and listening to, um, our intuition. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, let's also face the fact that listening to the inner self is not necessarily easy because for a long time we've been taught to listen to everybody else and not in a bad way. Uh, I mean, if we look at children, right, they have, like, all the faith in themselves. I mean, they're the biggest gift that humanity mm-hmm. has ever seen, right? <laughs> they yeah, look in yeah. the mirror, they think they're the prettiest ever, they can't <laughs> do anything wrong, they will never die, I mean, you name it. But then at some point, you can start to notice that uh, they're caretakers. And I honestly believe that caretakers, whether it's mom, dad, or anybody else, they, they come from love. But they will start saying things like, well, don't play with that boy because. Don't step mm-hmm. on this crack because. So now all of that social conditioning steps in, and our inner self is really being uh, asked or almost told to quiet down. Mm-hmm. It then gets even um, more poignant when we're saying what job should somebody have. You know, if the parent or the caretaker tells a child what job they should have, then they're trying to, of course, respect their elders or, you know, impress them and all of that. And they'll end up in a job that they don't like, but everybody thought it was a perfect job for them. So when we get over that step from listening to our inner self, and there are many, many years, where somebody else tells us what to think. Again, not necessarily in a bad way, and it goes all ways. Our loved ones usually care enough, but then there are other aspects that fall in. So then, returning back, and I think you also mentioned the word, you know, return, something of that sort. So returning back to listening to ourselves does take a, a little bit of extra attention. 
I, I just want to be upfront about that because it's not like, I mean, I know that for some time, like in my first marriage and stuff, I did not listen to my inner self. I mean, I should have ran the moment that the uh, of the wedding day. I should have just ran. I should have said, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, but I didn't because everybody was there and the ceremony was about to start. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can handle this. So mm-hmm. listening to the inner self does take extra attention and sooner or later, whether you want to call it a midlife crisis, which happens anywhere between the age of 20 and 80, I think, it's going to come to fuck <laughs> together. <laughs> so, multiple you know. times. Yeah, I yeah. think I'm in my second one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, so then it busts out. You, you have to listen to it at that point. It's like, screw this marriage or, you know, forget about that job, quit this job, whatever it may be. But we've got to listen to it because it's sort of like a wake-up call at that point. It's no longer, hello, hello, listen to me. It's like, mm-hmm. have you not heard what I'm saying? And then it's a wake-up call. So I think that's just really crucial because a lot of people sometimes look at me, and I'm sure they look at you and, and a whole lot of other people, and they go, oh, wow, how do you do that? And were you born like that? Well, yeah, I was born like that, but then I also had social conditioning, and then I <laughs> redefined, you know? It's not overnight. You know, you need to take a little bit of time. Is this not the truth? I have my my goddaughter was um, chatting with me um, a while ago, and she was just complimenting me and saying, "Oh my gosh, you're such a wonderful mom!" And I wish I had you as a mom. And I'm just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and you know, she's like, "You must have had the perfect childhood." And I said, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. And she's like, what? And so I was telling her some of my, you know, childhood, and she was like, I would have never guessed. I said, it took me a long time to mm-hmm. get past that. You know, that's, I think that's kind of like our task, you know, our early adult years, um, if we choose to accept it, <laughs> to right, right. undo that conditioning that we had. And you're right. It's not that... You know, and it also took me, after I did that, then I had to go back and do that forgiveness piece, like you're talking about, is that, you know, I do think that our parents and caregivers do have the best of intentions, but they're also working Mm -hmm. on, if they haven't worked through their social conditioning, then they're bringing that into their relationship Mm -hmm. with you. So it's like multifaceted, layered (laughs) conditioning that we have to deal with. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, uh, whether it's their social conditioning, I use the term patterns a lot for that, you know, um, uh, because I think there's so much in the patterns that we have, uh, whether it's a, it's a conscious pattern, like the way you get up and the first thing you do, maybe not you, but, you know, I, I get up and the first thing I do is I go in the kitchen to turn on the coffee. <laughs> you know? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's a conscious pattern. I know that. But then there are all those subconscious patterns which relate directly to the social conditioning, is the way that you react to something, uh, the way that you talk to yourself, little triggers. And, of course, this is all influenced by the world around you, by the world inside of you, and that really are sometimes, those patterns sometimes prevent us from listening to our inner self as well as they sometimes prevent us from moving forward whether it's in business or life or taking that leap of faith, just jumping, I think is what Stephen Stephen Harvey calls it lately, you know, just jump. So I I think, you know, those patterns, um, when you look at at your life, 
there are certain things that keep coming back up. And I always like to point that out, and I know I'm switching topics up a little bit, but a lot of people say, you know, what's my purpose in life? I don't know my purpose in life. And they think it's this, like, grandiose thing, as if being uh-huh. a mom is not good enough. But if you look at at your patterns in your life of what you have done, what others have done, what you have done for them, what it's really simple. I mean, to me, the universe doesn't make it hard for us to understand our purpose. It's just that we try to hide from it because of the fear that might be associated with it. So looking at patterns can really, really help us just hone in and say, oh, my God, I should have done this 20 years ago. Now forgive, forget, <laughs> and don't feel guilty about it. You know, but it's still your purpose, however big or small society makes your purpose. So, you know, that's just throwing that in with all of the patterns that, that sometimes impact us in one way or another, positive or negative, and we can recreate the patterns. We can put patterns in place that actually catapult us forward spiritually, emotionally, business-wise, and so forth. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I You know, yes. Yes to everything you just said. And I, I get that <laughs> that question a lot with the purpose, that, you know, what's, yes. what's my purpose? And I, I guess for me, um, I've known – like you said, like I've known my whole life, it's just have mm-hmm. I been ready to step into it. Um, right. But I think that people get sometimes too hung up on that because, mm-hmm. our, you know, when we kind of look at the grand – I'm going to get philosophical for a minute. I hope you don't. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the grand scheme, like what is our purpose? I mean, every religion, every um, guru kind of – points to the same thing it's like our our purpose is to, is love you know mm-hmm. um, our, our purpose is connection and so like we're taking it to that you know big big macro level is that it does it really matter how we manifest that sometimes it doesn't right. sometimes it doesn't you know for me I know that creativity is at the core of my being so I know that I express that in my creativity there was a time when I thought that I could only do that through songwriting. And then mm-hmm. I grew up and I realized that's one way that I can do it. <laughs> I grew up. You know? What's wrong with songwriting? <laughs> I don't know. So, and I still do that and I do a lot of other things that help mm-hmm. me live my purpose, you know. And so it, it's just, I love, like, talking to people about it because it's, the how is the piece that we bring to it. But the yes. what it is, is the same for most of us, right? So yes, I, it's, absolutely. Oh, it's a juicy discussion. But, but you're right. A lot of people, I think that they know, um, and I help lead them to that by, like, saying things like, well, what is something that you know that you think everyone else knows mm-hmm. that they really, really don't? <laughs> it's kind of like the Right, job. right. Like, oh, well, doesn't yeah. everyone know that? Well, no. That's your brilliant area. Like, that's the mm-hmm. stuff that comes up for you because you know that and people come to you for that. So that's right. one of the ways that I help people determine that. But, yeah, I, I love talking about that purpose piece. It's it's so juicy. Right, and I, I so agree. You know, in the end, it all comes down to love and, you know, collaborating and, and, and being peaceful and kind with one another. I think part of what happens when people talk about purpose is that they equate it with materialism and mm-hmm. with 
uh, good, bad, big, and small. And to a lot of people, the only big or good purpose is where somebody has their name on a billboard and everybody recognizes them, therefore they must be really, really important. And they think, you know, I need, shouldn't I have a purpose like that where, you know, I, I change the world and I do this and that. And, and sometimes I think what gets lost in that other than the main piece, which is love, is that we can make change and be really impactful living our purpose just within our family or maybe uh-huh. our community. We don't have to be everywhere and we don't have to have everybody recognize us and we don't have to have a million dollars to be impactful and live our purpose and make a difference. It's true. Yeah, it's it's that whole idea of the ripple effect is if you yes. make a huge impact on the people closest to you on your inner circle, then they go out and they make an impact in their inner circle and so on and so on and you know, I totally agree with that. You know, we I think I think you're right. I think sometimes people get so especially people who are online you know, I mm-hmm. have a business online, and there's so much right. noise online. And we, the great part about <laughs> being online is that you can connect with people. And kind of the downside is that, like, then everyone is at you. Like, you just everything is yeah. coming at you, and it can be very overwhelming. And um, so we, we need to learn to kind of tune some of that stuff out. But it's it's so crucial to be, to be looking at um, – Oh my gosh! I just lost my train of thought, Natalie. I hate when that. See that my mile, my mile a minute mind is going, and I'm like onto something completely different. So. No, but, but but I agree with you because a lot of times what happens is, especially online, social media, right? There are so mm-hmm. many people who seem to be so big and so successful and so happy. So if you just look at that and you don't yeah. differentiate, then it's like, oh my god, I suck. What's this? Everybody has all of this and is happy. They have the perfect marriage. They have the perfect kids. Right. They have the perfect business. No. At least no. 50% of that is fake. You know, it's not more. So, and I don't mm-hmm. mean, you know, fake in a bad sense, but a lot of people, especially on social media or anywhere else in the public, will not tell you the bad stuff that they're going through. They will not tell you that their marriage is just as screwed up as yours and they need to just work as hard on it as you do. They will not tell Uh you that their son, you know, was addicted to drugs two years ago because they're trying to portray this happy-go-lucky image. And, of course, they're doing it, you know, to also for themselves a lot. But there's so much, I mean, there are so many people who, just like you said, they, they come to us and it's like, well, but so-and-so has this. They're comparing and they're, they're trying to figure out how okay. can I get what they have. It's not for you. It's okay. And half the people out there aren't as happy as they seem. Trust me. Because otherwise they would be sharing much yeah. more, you know? Right, right. It, it is. And I, yeah, I, and so that was the kind of the similar path that I was going to be going mm-hmm. down with the I figured. You know, people. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for really good advice there. So, but yeah, it's, you know, just because, you know, someone has, a million Twitter followers doesn't mean, you know, they're all that in a bag of chips, you know? Right. <laughs> the chips are important here. Come on. Oh, what my gosh, I'm chips? totally dating myself. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's the true connections, right? It's the yeah. true connections that we make. It's the true impact that we have on other people. And when right. I was a new therapist, my, my, um, 
my supervisor um, at my internship told me something that has stuck with me for, you know, all these years later. And that because I was working in a shelter for at-risk youth, and it was a transitional shelter um, mm-hmm. for only 10 to 14 days. And so I had a very limited amount of time with these kids and their families. And um, I, I was very down on that. You know, it was like my first or my second kind of role as a therapist in grad school. And um, so she said to me, she said, Creelan, all you can hope is to plant seeds. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. you're not going to see what they grow into, but you're the seed planter. And that's mm-hmm. what you have to accept. And I thought that, like, that changed how I was with people. And I yeah. I recall that when I'm starting to get in my crap about, like, am I really helping people? Well, you know mm-hmm. what? It just takes a seed. And then it, it, you know, even sometimes like months or years later, someone will say, oh, my gosh, I just read this that you posted or I just saw this video and it was like so impactful. And I'm like, that's what I'm going for. You know, like that's yeah. it, the true gold is really making those connections in those impactful ways. Absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned, you know, that because I'm a historian by trade. And so a lot of things, of course, I have traced throughout history. But what you just reminded me of that um, as a college teacher, when when I used to teach college, you know, first you go in there, you're all gung-ho, you want to save everybody, you want to make them the best they've ever been and all of that. And then you realize that it doesn't work that way. And Mm -hmm. one of the lessons that I had to learn is instead of looking at the 25 students in front of me, and when I lose 10 of them, cry over the 10, and losing uh-huh. means, you know, for some reason they, they, they can't fulfill the work or they just don't ever show up or whatever. But if there are 15 that are still there that are trying, then I just saved, quote, unquote, 15 lives. Uh-huh. And so, you know, and that, of course, gets gets even worse in a sense when you realize that you're going to lose instead of just 10, you're going to lose about 80 to 90% of your students in the classroom, but you can uh-huh. save or inspire about 10%. And so putting that whole paradigm on, on, on its top, on its head, also it becomes really crucial because it helps us change perspective and stop feeling so darn guilty about not doing as good as we think we should, and I'm using that word on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know you are. <laughs> Absolutely, and, and it is like you're talking about it's all these little shifts, and they are. What yeah. I what I love to tell people is that you know people will come to me or you or other healers and helpers with the expectation that there's going to be a huge transformation, and the thing is mm-hmm. that they will get a huge transformation. It's just that it, you don't really see it coming because it comes in the form of small and subtle changes along the way and some yeah. really big epiphanies. But I think we're in this kind of like society that we're in now where, you know, it's instant gratification and you can, like, what I say is like you can order food and people online right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, I know it's funny at the same time. But, you know, it's it's like we lose that, you know, understanding that you really have to kind of work for it. It takes time. You don't don't get everything that you really want immediately or or even the things that you need. Like, I think that's the Mm -hmm. distinction that we need to make, too, is the things versus what we want versus what we need. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, you just mentioned that really, really bad word there. You said it takes work. And in the world we live on today, people don't want to <laughs> work on themselves. They just want mm-hmm. what you say. They just want to come. Why do so many people get a massage on a regular basis? I, I love massages, so don't get me wrong. But they go <laughs> to the massage therapist, and then they feel better for two days. They still do all of the crappy stuff that they were doing before, abusing their body left and right, so they have to go back next week to get the same mm-hmm. kind of massage. They're going to feel better again two days three days maybe, they still want to abuse their bodies and their mind and their soul and their spirit, and then they have to come back. Versus maybe going to the massage, getting the massage, changing a little bit, this is where the work comes in, changing a little bit of the abuse that they've been doing to their body, mind, and soul, and then instead of coming back in two weeks, they're going to come back in a month because there's still the real world that we function in. And then maybe approaching the massage a month later with a little bit of a different perspective. Instead of expecting to get healed or be better, they'll understand that this is just a nice relaxation. So I think, you know, that goes exactly what you're saying with instant gratification. People don't really understand sometimes that, yes, you still have to make some changes. Don't just pop a pill or don't just get the massage and keep doing the same thing. It's not going to change the effect that it's having if you keep doing the same thing over and over again. And here comes your patterns again. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, yeah. calling into those subconscious <laughs> patterns. Yeah, no, it all fits together, absolutely. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I bet that uh, doing the same thing over and expecting a different result is maddening. Yes, absolutely. I that, that, right? <laughs> yes. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, Natalie. Well, we are about out of time, and I so enjoyed uh-oh. our chat. Um, but I, before yeah. we um, before we sign off, I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you uh, so they can learn more about your work. Well, uh, thank you. And I can't believe we're out of time either. Um, so uh, how to get in touch with me is really simple. My name says it all, Natalie Forrest, one R, just like the woods. Natalie Forrest, I'm on all social media, which is why I can talk about it. Uh, I'm connected with you. So on Facebook, we're connected. If you forget my name, I'm one of Creelan's friends. Uh, and my webpage is natalieforrest.com. If you have any questions, you know, about programs or, or events that I'm at or hosting, or if you just want to clarify anything I said today, uh, best way to get in touch with me is info at natalieforrest.com. And I'll leave it at that because I'm everywhere and always happy to serve and assist anyone who who needs a little bit of extra outside remarks or just a little, I don't know, whisper in their ears. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thanks again, Natalie, for being a guest on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's been a pleasure. I, I can't wait to talk much more with you. Wonderful. Thank you. I can't wait either. And thank you all for listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more episodes of people sharing their stories of how they have learned to get out of their own damn way. Thanks so much for listening. 
You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast with Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us at creelan.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash podcast. And get even more great tips on how to get out of your own damn way by taking Creelan's free quiz at creelan.com slash quiz. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash quiz. Thanks for tuning in.